Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. It is God's word written to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I receive it as truth for my life today and open my heart to hear God speak a word, reveal Jesus to me, and fill me with the Holy Spirit so that my life will be changed forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen to this. What are the steps or the things I can do so that Christ lives through me and I develop Christ-like character in and through my life? That's a great question, isn't it? Are there some things that the Bible points to that can help you and I allow the Christ-like character that's in us to develop so that he's living more and more through our lives? Think about that. His responsibility to flow through you when someone ruffles your feathers. His response. His thoughts. His interaction with family, with friends, with neighbors. Anybody have one of those neighbors? I had one. I failed a few times. His love flowing through you. His patience flowing through you. His joy, His faith, His faithfulness, His character. Are there things that you and I can do that can allow Him to flow through us? That's what we're after. We started a series last week that we're saying is called God's Best in Me. Come on, say it with me. God's Best in Me. In me, and the subtitle is Developing Christ like Character. And last week, one of the big points of the message was this the goal for my life as a Christian is to progressively learn to let Christ live in and through me so that I reflect Him more and more, then help others do the same. How many of you believe that's a goal for us as Christians? Are there some other goals? Yes, there are other goals. But one of, if I might even be bold enough to say, one of, if not the biggest goal, is for us to learn to develop the character of Christ flowing in and through our lives. This is called spiritual maturity. That's what the Bible refers to as becoming mature in your relationship with God. Another term or a good picture of spiritual maturity is what is called the fruit of the Spirit, right? When it says the fruit of the Spirit, it's not talking about oranges and apples. It's talking about that which the Holy Spirit produces in and through our lives. Galatians 5.22 out of the Amplified says it this way. But the fruit of the Spirit, the result of His presence within us is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, 
patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while we're waiting. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Wives, how many of you believe that your husbands can use more of this flowing out of their lives? Husbands, how many of you believe that your wife can use more of this flowing out of their life? Come on, all of us could, right? Every single one of us. But here's the truth. Here's the truth. If you're a Christian, I don't care if you just accepted him yesterday or you've been walking with him for 25, 50 years or you're still trying to figure out how to get stronger. If you're a Christian, if you've accepted Jesus, the truth is the character of Christ is not something you have to earn or work for. As a blessing of being a Christian, Christ-like character already belongs to you. It already belongs to you. And you got to understand that. So the big question isn't, how do I get Christ's character Because if the Holy Spirit of Christ lives in you as a Christian, he comes with all of Christ's character. So you don't have to get it. But what we do have to do is we have to learn how to access it so that he lives through me instead of me living myself. That's called discipleship. That's called learning to live as one who follows Jesus being attached to Jesus, not only to Him as your Savior, but also as your Lord, and you're learning to adhere to His teachings and His way of living. This is part of the goal that God has for you and I as God's people. So the title for today's message, New Information, is this. Knowing and believing my old sinful self is dead. Come on, would you say it with me? Knowing and believing my old sinful self is dead. Now, you got to see this from a very spiritual lens today because our natural understanding is going to have a hard time receiving this, okay? So I'm just forewarning you. You got to put in your spiritual thinking caps with me. I want us to read in Romans chapter 6, the first seven verses. But before I start reading from chapter 6, I just want to real briefly tell you what he just finished mentioning in chapter 5. Basically, in a nutshell, in chapter 5, he said this. Through Adam and his sin, death came to every human being. But where sin abounded through Jesus, grace and life abounded much, much more. Now you're forgiven, now you're free, now you're right with God. Romans chapter 5. And then he gets to Romans chapter 6. And this is where I'm reading. What shall we say to all of this? Should we continue in sin and practice sin as a habit so that God's gift of grace may increase and overflow? Certainly not. How can we, the very ones who died to sin, continue to live in it any longer? Or are you ignorant of the fact that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His 
death. We have therefore been buried with him through baptism into death. So that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory and power of the Father, we too might walk habitually in newness of life, abandoning our old ways. For if we have become one with him, permanently united in the likeness of his death, we will also certainly be one with him and share fully in the likeness of his resurrection. We know that our old self, our human nature without the Holy Spirit, was nailed to the cross with him. In order that our body of sin might be done away with, so that we no longer are slaves of sin. For the person who has died with Christ has been freed from the power of sin. Now, if I were to ask you, remember, this is a safe place. Just kind of speak it out if you know the answer. If there was one word that kind of is a snapshot of all of these verses that we read, what do you think that one word is? Death? Dead? Can you, can you, is that agreeable? Something, something's going on here. Now, I just want to point this out. When it says here at the back of verse 6, in order that our body of sin might be done away with, there's, there's uh, two different opinions when it comes to Bible scholars. Some would say that's referring to your physical body. Others would say that's referring to the nature of sin within. I think it's both. And when it says that it would be done away with, how many of you know you still have your body? So it's not saying your body's going to stop existing. What that means is that the power that the body once had to lead you in sin has been rendered powerless, inactive, or ineffectual from this point forward. Okay? So I want us to highlight verse 6. And I want to read verse 6 in a couple of different references. It's in your version, in your sermon guide. The NLT puts verse 6 this way. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin. The contemporary English version puts it this way. We know that the person we used to be were nailed to the cross with Jesus. This was done so our sinful bodies would no longer be slaves of sin. The message version puts it this way. Could it be any clearer? I love that. Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ. A decisive end to that sin-miserable life, no longer captive to sin's demands. I don't know about you, but I know in my personal experience that sin is very much still alive. And that sin 
if we're allowing it to, can tempt us to do things that are outside of the character of Christ. I remember when I first gave my life to Jesus, you got to understand, I'm not going to give you all the details, but I'll tell you enough for you to know that I was really bad. I was a party guy. I would be at clubs and drinking and doing things I shouldn't be doing and just all of that stuff. And I gave my life to Jesus and somehow I was under the impression that as soon as I did that, all of that junk would just kind of go away. But it didn't. It took me quite a couple of years probably. I was still, as a professing Christian going to church, I was still going to clubs and drinking and doing things that are uncharacteristic of a man of God. But this is part of my journey. I'm not saying it has to be part of your journey. There might be something else that has challenged you in your walk with God. And there's all kinds of things that it could be. Some of you this morning might still be challenged with something in your life that you know that's not characteristic of the Christ that lives in you. Could be foul language. It could be a habit. It could be, uh, uh, it could be anger. It could be a disposition. It could be something that you know that's not supposed to be there, but it is. And so what I want to do is I want to take us on a pathway to becoming more like Christ. And over the next four Sundays, including today, giving room for a couple of guest speakers, I want to show you four steps that you can take that will help you to allow Christ to live through you in greater degrees. And here's the steps we're going to take in one word only. The first week today, we're going to talk about knowing. Next week, we're going to talk about counting. And then we're going to talk about presenting. And then we're going to talk about walking. And I'm going to show you exactly what I mean starting right now. So today is only the first step. And if you've got a sermon guide and you want to fill in the blanks, here's your first step. It's a fill in the blank on your sermon guide. If I want to become more like Christ and allow him to live through me, I must know and believe that my old sinful self is dead. Come on, would you say it with me? I must know and believe that my old sinful self is dead. Some of you might think, I don't know about that one, Pastor Robert. I am still doing things that I shouldn't be doing and I don't want to be doing. Well, listen, that's part of our growth in Christ. But that doesn't negate what the Bible says about our old sinful self if we're a Christian. Here's another fill in the blank, letter A. This is a reason why this is so important. Until I know that I am not the person I used to be, I can't live as the new person that I am. Are you with me on that? Did you catch that? You got to know if you're a Christian, you're not the person that you used to be. There's a significant change that took place. Your old sinful self is dead, buried, and gone. And I'm going to show you from the scriptures why that's so. Let's think about this from a very practical example, though, so that I don't lose anybody, okay? Let's think about marriage. Before you got married, you were single. When you got married, you became a different person. In a sense, you became a married person. And as a married person, you are no longer the single person you used to be. And when did that change? 
that changed at the altar when you said, I do, and you exchanged your wedding vows. Now, listen, guys, if you don't know this and believe this, moving forward as a married person will be very difficult. Not only that, it can cause you to continue to live as a single person, and you know where that's going to get you. So there was a significant change when you got married. You're no longer the person you were before you got married. You're no longer a single person. You're a married person. Is that easy to understand? Say, yes, I'm with you. The New King James, verse 6. The New King James says this. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with Christ. Say, knowing Okay, now this is an interesting word, knowing. I just want to show you something. In the Greek, remember, New Testament is written in the Greek. It's the word genosko, G I N O S K O. And it means something significant. It means to know experientially for oneself, it means to perceive or to understand. And this knowing is different from and contrasted with. Knowing intuitively, like you just know this automatically. You're just putting it together in and through your own thoughts and in and through your own efforts. This knowing comes from God. This knowing is revealed to a person by God. It's not something that you realize on your own. Knowing what? Knowing that your old sinful self was crucified and is dead and is buried and is gone. This knowing takes something of God. It's a revelation. It's a spiritual enlightenment. It's an opening of the eyes of your heart so that you could see something and know something firsthand and experientially that you didn't know before God showed it to you. The Apostle Paul makes a reference to this word revelation in Ephesians 1.17. He's praying for the church. And he's praying and he says, I'm praying for God to give the church a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. In other words, he's praying that God would give the people of God a spiritual insight, a spiritual revelation, a spiritual understanding in knowing all that's provided for them in their relationship with Christ Because a person can't know that without God's help. Now this word revelation, you've heard it before. It's from the Greek root word apokalupto. A-P-O-K-A-L-Y-P-T-O. Apokalupto. And it means to uncover or lay open what has been covered up before. And it comes from a compound word, uh, a word that's made up of two smaller words. Apo means off. And kalupto means cover or veil. So taken together, this word revelation means to take the cover or the veil off of something that was once covered up or veiled giving you the inability to see it and understand it for yourself. This is a revelation. This is how this knowing comes to you that your old sinful self has been crucified and is dead. 
I was a Christian for a long time until this truth hit me. I think there's many Christians that have no idea from the Bible that their old sinful self that they used to have and used to be is dead. He's gone. And I'm going to show you exactly how we come to this conclusion from the scriptures. Notice that it says in Romans 6, 6, it says your old self. And in the New King James, it says your old man has been crucified. Now, this is interesting. Another Greek word, but I think you're going to know what English word comes from. The words old self or old man is the Greek word anthropos. Anybody know what English word comes from that? Come on. Anthropology. What's anthropology? The study of human beings, the study of man. So when the Bible says your old self or your old man, ladies, not referring to your husbands, your old self or your old man has been crucified, it's talking about the human being, anthropos, that you used to be. Pastor Robert, what do you... I'm, I'm still here. Not your body. Your spirit. You have to remember that we are a spirit. We have a soul, mind, will, and emotions, and we live in a body. But your human spirit, according to the scriptures, as a Christian is not the same human spirit that you had before you gave your life to Jesus. You've been crucified. Pastor Robert, how and when did my old sinful self die? That's a good question. Here's a letter B on your sermon guide. Fill in the blank. My old sinful self died spiritually when I identified with Jesus' death on the cross, at my salvation. Did Jesus die for the sins of the world? Yes. yes! When Jesus died, how many sins had you committed? That was a trick question. Listen to it again. When Jesus died, how many sins had you already committed? None! Because you weren't even born yet. How could he die for your sins? Listen, in God's sovereignty, in God's ability, he put all of your sins on Jesus. And when he died, he paid for all of our sins. When did that go into our account? That went into your account when you identified with him carrying your sins. When you became a Christian, that got put in your account. And now you're forgiven. Are you with me? Say amen. amen. When were you crucified? Didn't Romans 6, 6 say... Our old man was, past tense, crucified with Christ. How many of you were alive when Christ was crucified? None. How could you get crucified with him? Listen, our old sinful self died spiritually when I identified with Jesus' death on the cross at my salvation. When I accepted Jesus as my Savior, not only did I receive the forgiveness of sins, but I also identified with His death. And at that point, God in His sovereignty somehow 
He had me on the cross with him, me being my old sinful nature. And when he was crucified, my old sinful nature was crucified with him. Are you with me? This is powerful. This is so powerful. In Romans, it says that through one man and his disobedience, that's talking about Adam in Romans chapter 5, many were made constitutionally, fundamentally at the core, many were made sinners. Not talking about sinning, talking about your nature. Through Adam's sin, everyone was made a sinner. Through Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, everyone is made righteous, forgiven, different. Another way to put it is we have new life. Just listen to this for a minute. Wrap your spiritual head around this, okay? Listen. The old sinful human nature apart from God that you and I inherited from Adam and his sin was cut off at the cross. You died with Christ. Listen, listen. And your new Christ-like nature was made possible through the resurrection of Jesus. He is the start of a new form of humanity. That's why Jesus is called the last Adam and the second man. How many of you have heard those titles of Jesus before? The last Adam and the second man. Now, those are significant titles. I won't go super deep, but let me just mention this. He carries these titles because he represented all mankind like Adam. When Jesus died on the cross, he not only paid for the sins of mankind, he cut off the original sin nature of mankind. When he was raised from the dead, he also represented all of a new mankind. People who could be right with God, forgiven, and bought back from sin and its power. Now for all who receive Him, have this new form of humanity through Christ, which carries a brand new Christ-like nature. Can somebody say amen? You're not the same sinful person you were before you gave your life to Christ. Pastor Robert, you don't know. I still say bad words. I still have a drinking problem. I'm still addicted to this. I still have a bad temper. That's not who you are. That old sinful nature was crucified with Christ at the cross. And now you have a new Christ-like Holy Spirit nature that is forgiven, and that is right with God. Can somebody say amen? Pastor Robert, oh, how my husband needs that. He's already got it. He's already got it. We just got to pray for him. Look at Romans 6, 7. Why is this such a big deal, Pastor Robert? Look at Romans 6, 7. For the person who has died with Christ has been freed from the power of sin. Pastor Gill told me this story several times. When he was in California, he came across a guy who had an addiction to smoking. 
He was just addicted. He was a Christian. He loved God. It doesn't have to just be smoking. It could be anything. Drinking, drugging, bad language, fill in the blank. Pastor Gill counseled this guy, listen, every time you take a drag, serious, every time you take a drag, I want you to say this verse. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, this smoking flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2.20 Every time you take a drag, every time you take a drink, every time you say a bad word, every time you act out of character of who you really are. Quote that. Because what you're doing is not who you are anymore. That person's dead. This is so important because if you don't know that, how are you going to live from the new life that you've been given? This is freeing. This is liberating. This is something worth knowing. The unloving person died with Christ. The addicted person is dead. The sinful person was crucified. The discouraged and defeated person is gone. Your old sinful nature is dead, buried, and gone. Now you're perfectly accepted before God. The very Spirit of Jesus lives in you. You don't have two natures. You're not a schizophrenic Christian. The old sinful nature is dead. He died with Christ. Now we have to learn to access the Holy Spirit's characteristic and giftings that are in you as a blessing because you're in Christ. This is freeing. It's helpful. I read a book a couple years ago that really helped me to see things into this a little deeper. I just want to give you an excerpt. The title of the book is The Normal Christian Life. And the author is Watchman Nee. Listen to what he said. Listen, listen. Got to put your spiritual thinking cap on for this. Listen. You are offered deliverance from sin as no less a gift of God's grace than was the forgiveness of sins. For God's way of deliverance is altogether different from man's way. Man's way is to try to suppress sin by seeking to overcome it. God's way is to remove the sinner. God sets us free from the dominion of sin, not by strengthening our old man, but by crucifying him. Not by helping him to do anything, but by removing him from the scene of action. The old man's been removed. The old sinner has been rendered powerless. Dead men don't sin. He's dead. He's buried. He's gone. This is so freeing. Knowing and believing that my old sinful self is dead is the first step. To learning how to let Christ live through you in greater dimensions. You have to know it for yourself. I can't know it for you. You can't know it for me. You have to know it for yourself. Barbara Collins, she's not here with us today. I'll have to follow up with her. Her back's been bothering her recently. But how many of you know she can make a good spaghetti and meat sauce? 
She does. Maybe some of the best, if not the best I've ever had. Well, she made some for us one day for a function, and Gavin fell in love with it. She, man, he, he just loved it. Well, Barbara, so sweet as she is, she made Gavin his own batch. When she brought it, I was about to turn into a thief. But I didn't. She put his name on it. She put it in the refrigerator. Gavin was saying, homemade spaghetti and meat sauce with spaghetti from Miss Barbara. I knew it was there. I was tempted. Gavin loves that so much. But here's the deal. If Gavin didn't know that Barbara had made that spaghetti and meat sauce and it had his name on it in the refrigerator and it already belonged to him. If he didn't know that, he wouldn't have been able to walk over there and access it and use it to his full enjoyment. Can I get an amen? Do you understand that? See, if you don't know that your old sinful self is already dead, you won't be able to access the new self that God's made you to be and walk in all that he has for you. Come on, anybody with me on this? Are you leaning into this with me? 2 Corinthians 5.17. This is the last verse for today. Listen to this. So good. Therefore, if anyone... Are there any anyones in here? If anyone is in Christ, that is, grafted in, joined to Him by faith in Him as Savior, he or she is a new creature. Listen to this. Reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit, the old things, the previous, listen, moral and spiritual condition have passed away. What's a synonymous term for passed away? Dead, died. Behold, look, see, catch it, pay attention, open your eyes to this. New things have come because spiritual awakening brings a new life. Wow, that's a powerful verse. You're not the person you used to be. Now, I made a mistake on your sermon guide. I have a letter C fill in the blank in my notes and you don't. So under this verse, here's letter C. You can write as much as it you want to, but you don't have to. Pastor Robert, okay. Now that I know this and I die with Christ, what's the big deal? What do I do? Letter C. Now that I know that my old sinful self is dead, I can choose to live from my new Christ-like nature and take the next step. See, before you knew this or before you came to Christ, whether you realize it or not, you didn't even have the ability to choose with God's help to do anything unless you acknowledge that. There's only two kinds of people. Saved in Christ with His Spirit, with His character, and unsaved without Christ, without His Spirit, and without His character. As a new creature in Christ, you have his spirit, you have his character in you. And knowing that and believing that, knowing that you're not the person you used to be, it's the very first step to allowing the fruit of the spirit, that which the Holy Spirit produces, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness, goodness, 
self-control. The first step to allowing that to flow through your life is knowing that your old self is dead. Amen? Have you been blessed by the word? Did that help anybody? Come on, stand to your feet and let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for this time we've had together as a spiritual family. I thank you for moving in hearts and lives today, drawing people to yourself. God, I thank you for what you're doing in and through us by the power of the Holy Spirit. I just declare that over everybody under the sound of my voice. I thank you for a revelation. I thank you that they know, that they know, that they know personally and experientially that their old sinful self is dead. Habits, sinful habits, sinful patterns, sinful ways. They have no power over us anymore. We're free from sin and the dominion of sin. We're under the grace of God. We're new creatures in Christ. Father, I pray that you would help them to know this beyond a shadow of a doubt so that they can begin to live from the new nature that you've placed on the inside of them, the nature of Christ. I declare that over all of us as adults. I thank you for revealing that to the children as well. Little by little, as they're growing in you, God, I thank you that you reveal that to them in a powerful and personal way. I declare your blessing over every single person here today. In Jesus' name. If you're here today, keep your head bowed. If you're here today, you say, Pastor Robert, um, I want to recommit my relationship with Jesus. Or I want to go to a new level in allowing the character of Christ to live through me. If that's you, one of those two, if that's you, just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. You want to live at a new level of Christ flowing through you or you want to commit your life to Christ, Father, you see those hands, Lord. I just thank you for a new level of life from Jesus flowing through us, to us, and through us. Thank you, Lord. We don't have to work for it. We don't have to earn it. It's by your grace. It's by your grace. We thank you for helping us to know this. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.